WQHT HD1 New York. This is a special coronavirus edition of Street Soldiers, hosted by Lisa Evers on Hot 97. I'm so glad you're joining us for this special two-hour live episode of Street Soldiers. This is our Hot 97 continuing coverage of the coronavirus pandemic. We're broadcasting live from the epicenter of this unprecedented health crisis in New York City on April 4th, 2020 from our Hot 97 studios in Manhattan, just about 30 blocks away from that pop-up hospital that was set up at the Javits Center. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. You can find me and follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Lisa Evers. And we are are doing an Instagram live on my Instagram page right now at Lisa Evers. You won't be able to hear the phone calls because of the audio uh, situation, but you can at least see most of the show and hear what we're doing in studio. Uh, this morning, we woke up to some more devastating news. Last night, the New York City Health Department announced new numbers of cases and a growing loss of lives. Right now in New York City, about 12 people an hour are dying of COVID-19. The death toll is staggering. Statewide, it now exceeds the number of lives taken on the worst terror attacks on America on September 11th, 2001. So more people have died from COVID-19 in New York State than died during the World Trade Center attacks. And I'm saying all this not to scare you, but to underscore how critical it is right now that you take this seriously. Because I'm getting calls, I'm getting text messages, getting comments from people. And also what I'm witnessing on the streets is people are just, a lot of people are taking this seriously, but there are many others that aren't. They still think they can arrange these kind of you know, ad hoc play dates with people. They can party. They can have birthday parties. They can have group dinners and all of these types of things. You know what? Doing that is putting you and everybody else at risk. Just remember that that one man who was the first case in New York City in New Rochelle, who thank God has now been released from the hospital and is recovered, he is believed to have infected over a hundred people. So do the math and see what kind of risk there are right now. The odds on the good news side, the odds are in your favor that you will survive this pandemic. Thousands of people have already been released from the hospital and not everyone is going to get infected with it, but you must protect yourself. You must emphasize to your family and friends why everyone needs to stay home and practice social distancing, period. Put the circle around you and your immediate family. Keep it closed and keep it really tight. This week, one of the top, well, not one of the top authority, medical authority and health authority in the country, the CDC reversed its stance on the wearing of masks. So that's one of the top questions right now. The president of the United States um, saying, well, get a you know, if you need to get a piece of cloth, a bandana, a rag, whatever it is, cover your face so that you don't contribute to the spread. But many people, I believe, and that I talk to think that putting the mask on is going to protect them, and it may in some ways. But we're going to find out right now with our special in-studio guest, Dr. Emmanuel Manifambu. He's a medical doctor has an MD and MBA, and he's also the best-selling author of the book, The Future of Healthcare and Other Books and Publications. He's a medical futurist. Dr. Mandy, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me, Lisa. And let me open up the phone lines right now, 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. We have people on the phones. I got Drewski here. Everyone at Hot 97 is pitching in to uh, make this show possible and get this life-saving, potentially life-saving information out to you. So, Drewski, thanks for uh, pitching in with us. We really appreciate it. 
Okay, uh, let's get right get get to it right now, Doctor Manny. How are we supposed to believe what the government is telling us when the CDC first was like? Masks are only needed for health professionals treating these COVID patients. And now they're saying through the president who says he's not going to wear one, but they're saying, okay, cover your face. Can you please give that to us in plain language? Sure. Uh, Lisa, um, we've been doing this the last couple of weeks. And you notice that every time we come every week, something's different. Correct. There's a new information that comes up, right? And so the first thing that we need to know, um, and the listeners should actually keep in mind is the more we know, the more information will change, um, over a period of time, right? This just happened, uh, the first, uh, test, I mean, first people diagnosed with this in the U.S. where it was in January, right? So we are in April today. So the more we know about the disease, things will keep changing. Okay, but the, here's the thing. In terms of the mass, what is your what is your belief about the mass? And because I think a lot of people are wearing them when they go out, so that they're not going to catch it. Correct. So uh, the initial. Uh a PCA was uh, no mask. That was a recommendation from the CDC, right? But we know healthcare workers will, will put on mask. And if you went to a store even back in January or late January or February to get a mask, there was none that existed, right? Everything was sold out. So people were hoarding the mask, right? right. And so we had a shortage where healthcare workers could not even get access to the mask. And, and so I think that was probably the initial reason why um, there was that guidance of people not wearing masks. Don't worry about this. But then... You, the more we learn about the disease, I mean, about the virus, we found out, hey, this virus is airborne, right? Which is completely different. Uh, Which they initially said it was just moisture droplets, and they really downplayed the airborne thing. Correct. And so, but it is airborne. It is airborne. Now we know that today, right? Even uh, we talked about this about the fact that this virus could actually live in the air for up to three hours. That we know, right? right. And then there's a guidance around six feet. Uh, just this week, we found that hey, maybe it could actually go 27 feet, right? So it gets scary about what is the six feet guidance or was it 27 feet guidance, right? So science keeps changing. The more we know about this, the scarier it is, and the best thing is to stay home. So people should not people should not get doubtful about what they're hearing or tremendously de- have a lot of doubts about it because one day it changes the next day it changes i mean it's what it see what it seems like it's getting more severe and we're going into a more highly contag- contagious time is that true yeah it is true i mean i spent uh, actually this week i was looking at some of the research out of japan right uh, looking at this where someone could sneeze and then you look at how far you know the droplets when you sneeze how far it goes right uh, so at first the bigger uh, droplets will actually fall closer to you right but right. then you have tiny molecules that get carried away by the air right and so if you're in a closed area and you sneeze like in the studio right now where we are so we have a closed room right so you could travel around us but imagine if you're outside and you sneeze and the wind blows how far that actually goes Right. So it's so in terms of wearing the mask, what would you say to people? Because at first they were saying you need to people. The only people that need to wear the mask are the people that are, you know, that that have the coronavirus, which is hard to know because there's been a shortage in uh, and difficulty in getting testing. Who should are, uh, most people out right now? They either have bandanas, they have different kind of masks, the the plain simple surgical mask. What 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 do you think people should do if they really want to be safe? Because some people like us still have to go to work, and we think for that but it's like other people have and everybody has to go out at some point to get groceries there's because there's you can't get everything delivered um what do you recommend 
I recommend everyone wear a mask, just like the CDC is saying today. Um, and but because we have shortage of this N95 mask, right? That we should probably let those um, for the frontline healthcare workers that are more exposed and taking care of sick people, right? And so having a cloth mask, if you don't have access to N95 mask, that will work. Um, it's not 100% effective, but nothing is 100% effective, even the N95, right? So if you have it, so so even like a bandana or just, just like a simple scarf, put over your face, tied over your face. Is is that that's is that going to protect you? Well, protect you if somebody's sneezing on you, right? Correct. And, and so, even yesterday, I, I um, decided to go grocery shopping, and I'll tell you, the lines were insane, right? And even when I was standing outside on the line. I'll tell you that no one was standing six feet from each other, right? It's impossible for everyone to stand in line and be six feet from each other. Uh, but I noticed probably 90% of people on the line had masks and people had gloves, which is, makes it generally safe, right? So even if someone there was sick or you sneeze or you cough, then it stays within your own, within your own mask, right? right. So, yeah, exactly. So you're protecting other people from, you know, from getting infected. So that's, that's a good practice. So this is a good thing as, as this, this rate, con- rate of increase continues to go, to grow. And as the, it gets, because they're, they're saying we're not, we're at about 12 people, according to Mayor de Blasio, we're at about 12 people an hour in New York City dying from this. Yes. And and he said this is this. And he was recommending to, you know, cover up. Cover up. I mean, if we had this guidance back in January to cover up, I bet you probably have fewer rates today, right? But we had before it was more people had gloves on, right? In Purell or what was hand sanitizers, and then you find out that this thing is airborne, right? Which is completely different. And let me let me just ask you about the the fatalities and and just the deadliness of the disease. And I'm going to get to the phone calls. I know people are online on hold at one eight hundred two two three ninety seven ninety seven. That's one eight hundred two two three ninety seven ninety seven. We heard, and I want to extend our condolences. To, to everyone, the families of, of people who have have loved ones who they've lost to the coronavirus. I know a lot of times in the media we're hearing these as numbers, like tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people around the world. But every single one of those numbers is a person that was loved by somebody and by a, had a family, had relatives, had some kind of circle, you know, no matter how remote they were or wherever they were living. And uh, our condolences to them and also our condolences to more, uh, Maura Lewinger of uh, Garden City in New York, in New York, uh, New York State on Long Island here. Her husband, who was in his early 40s and a coach, a uh, sports coach, school sports coach, he passed away from coronavirus and was otherwise healthy and uh, left three children and Maura. Uh, she says he was the love of her life. It's a really tragic story. Every story is a tragic story, but it, raise, it raises a lot in our condolences to them. But it raises a lot of concerns because this is the initial, again, the initial story was... It's it's only people over a certain age, you know, uh, senior citizen category, people with severe pre-existing conditions. So we're we're hearing more of people in their forties who are succumbing to this and who are who cannot be saved. Why is that happening? First is how long it takes for people to get diagnosed. Um, you know, I have a very good buddy of mine actually in, in the city. He's a doctor. Um, his wife um, actually uh, was diagnosed with uh, having infected uh, uh, with COVID nineteen. She had symptoms of you know fatigue, fever, loss of smell. She went to the hospital, got tested, and they sent her back home. Right, and they live in an apartment building. She went back home, and being a physician, he put her on treatment at home. And seven days later, she was fine. She started feeling better. And guess what? Ten days later, the results came back that it was positive. 
10 days later. So imagine what happened within those 10 days where he had no idea. He's going back and forth in and out. Right. <laughs> Correct, right? And so just think about that. And that's it with the physician. So these are people that are doing doing pretty well, and that happens to them. So you could imagine how many other people this in our is low income to. communities and in, in overburdened communities. Correct. Even last week we had a conversation about this. We had a caller that that called in uh, that had symptoms that went to the hospital that was diagnosed, right? And they were home and they were calling three one one and no one was answering the phone call, right? Right. Exactly. Because they're so the over, everything is overburdened, and I, I want to talk about that moving forward. You know, as as things new procedures are put in place. But uh, let me bring in right now the president of the fire department. EMS Union, they are the ones that, uh, th- these are our paramedics and EMTs, and let's go right now. Oren, are you there? Hi, good morning. Good morning, Oren. Oren, uh, pronounce your last name for me. Is it, is it Barzilay or Barzilay? Yes. Barzilay? Barzilay, okay. Um, yes. Oren, thank you so much for being with us. We're also joined um, by, by our, our special medical guest co-host, Dr. Manuel Manny Fambu. Tell us what is happening. I have been hearing so many ambulances, and I'm not the only one. A lot of people in different boroughs, so many ambulances um, that are out there. I know your workers are going around the clock. They're pulling extra shifts, uh, dealing with this. What impact has this had on on your members who are the paramedics in the, the fire department EMTs? This has been a significant change uh, of game for our members. Uh, we basically went to... Uh, providing 911 service, saving people's lives uh, on a daily basis. But now, because of the overwhelming amount of call and the overwhelming amount of people dying, we, we are slowly moving into military phases. Uh, and what I mean by that is that if, if you look at the policies that are coming out every day, we're now uh, not allowed to transport patients that don't have a pulse, meaning that if we get there, we try to revive them for 20 minutes. If there's no return of circulation, uh, we leave them there with their families. That's what the military does. This is military triaging now. You, you check for polls. They're not there. Move on to the next. Okay, so, so Orrin, let me just explain that to people because I know, I know as a reporter there's a lot of times like if you have a case of somebody with a fatal drug overdose and they're not able to be re- resuscitated on, the, uh, on site, they're apparently, they appear to be dead. Their body is taken to a hospital and the official, uh, the official ter- you know, the official declaration of death is at that hospital. What you're telling us, I just want to make sure I understand what you're saying. You're going to a military procedure where our paramedics, if they're called to a house because somebody has had a cardiac arrest or they whatever whatever is the thing, that they appear not to be, you know, they, they appear to be dead or they appear to be suffering life life threatening. They can't resusc they could try to resuscitate them, but the body just stays there after twenty minutes if it fails. That's correct. After 20 minutes of of an attempt to resuscitate the body, if it fails, you pronounce them on scene. And that's a scary you know, part of this, Lisa. Okay. If you look at the deaths that happened directly connected to coronavirus, we could count those numbers, right? And we could say, hey, we have... You know, uh, uh, you know, eleven thousand people today that are actually in the hospital, hospitalized with this. No one is counting those people that are actually dying on the sidelines that might not have coronavirus, right? If you had a heart attack today, right, right? or had things that you might otherwise survive, that you're dying today because of this. That's so. That, so, that's Warren, a, so there, that's a good there, point. That's a good point, the doctor. Made. I'm sorry, let me no, cut you off. No, go ahead. Because the numbers that are because the numbers that are being reported of deaths, those are the numbers are from the hospitals. There are plenty of other peoples who are dying from COVID 
on the street, but it's unknown. There's no time for the medical examiner now to do an autopsy. Uh, we have street morgues right now. The hospital are so overwhelmed. We're doing CPR on patients outside. Oh, my God. And imagine how effective it is doing CPR. If you're an EMS worker today, right, and you show up and someone is literally there, passed out, first you're concerned, right? If you look at a CPR, right. doing mouth-to-mouth resuscitation kind of things, I mean, I mean you have Even to Even chest about compressions are very close. And if you don't have the right equipment that should protect you, how actually, how dedicated are you as a human to that a particular human? Oren, do your members have, tell us, tell us what the equipment situation is. And I, and I know we heard, but well, tell us about the equipment situation. Do they have enough protective gear? Because it's, they're, go, they're going into very dangerous uh, situations, high exposure situations, trying to do what they do every, Every day is save lives. And, you know, we know our, our FDNY paramedics, EMTs, we know you guys are the best. But do you have enough protective equipment? We do not have enough protective equipment. Uh, I, I don't like doing this, but the mayor is simply not telling the public the truth. FDNY EMS is severely understaffed, severely overworked. Our protective gear is substandard. We need to elevate our protective gear, not reverse CDC policies, not lean on the Department of Health rollback of safety procedures. We need to elevate procedures. Hence is why we have over 2,000 members who are now sick from this. We have over almost 400 people who tested positive. Obviously, the, the measures that they're taking is not working. If you look all around the country, all around the world, Everybody's wearing full protective gear, head to toe. Right. The hospital staff, head to toe. Sometimes you don't see it because they don't have enough equipment also at the hospitals. And that's a shame. But in I'm speaking for my members, we are not protected adequately. Oh my God! So, Oren, and then the other concern is so so you you go to you go to a call, they respond to a call, they go to an apartment or a home, the patient is dead, they try to re- resuscitate or apparently dead, they try to resuscitate and save that person's life, doing what they can. After twenty minutes, they're ordered the they're ordered to stop and just leave the body there. So that's correct uh after 20 minutes they contact online medical control telling them what they did the procedures and the doctor comes on the phone and uh there's a slight more procedure that goes through but then they get a time of pronouncement and they leave the body with the police department and then how long does it and then who comes to collect who comes to collect the body uh, the ME, the medical examiner, the medical examiner's but, office, which they're not equipped. No. They're not equipped for this for a massive, a mass a mass trauma incident like this, right? They they're not. I mean, sometimes the bodies are waiting there for a day. Oh my God, Doctor I mean, Manny, let me get let me ask Doctor Manny what he th- what do you think about that? Correct. I mean, this was floated a couple of weeks ago um, when we talked about uh, DNR, which means do not resuscitate, right? right. Um, as a standard, and when people started calling. Then the politician said, hey, don't worry about it. Uh, this is in extreme cases, right? In New York, we are in an extreme case, right? This is the epicenter of this. In other states and other parts of the country, maybe they're not that hit, so they think it's futuristic. But this is a war zone today, right? I mean, this is critical. So things like this are happening where we have paramedics being, you know, advised, you know, if you go in and someone, you know, cannot breathe for 20 minutes, you, you just leave them there and go. 
And this is not people that necessarily are infected with COVID-19. These are people that have maybe heart attack. Or other, other issues and other, yeah. other, uh, other problems. Correct. 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 So, Orrin, what, what well, inter- go ahead. I'm sorry. This has a huge adverse impact, not just on society. Uh, I don't think society is realizing uh, what's happening yet. Uh, they're not taking this as serious as most people are. People need to stay at home. Um, when you see refrigerated morgues outside hospitals, that is a telltale sign of a military operation is about to come in. Right, people exactly. don't stop behaving the way they are. I mean, we, we cannot, we last night, for the past two nights, we've been transporting dozens and dozens of patients to Albany hospitals because we have no more rooms here. We've been taking these uh, massive uh, MTA ambulances that we have for, for incidents like this and sh- transporting them throughout the state because our hospitals are at the max. Um, and I just want to touch about uh, what I said, mentioned earlier uh, about the effect this is going to have on the public. Our EMTs and paramedics, they're highly trained. They have the tools to save life. Yes, and you do many take, times, and we thank you for the yes. work that you do. In dangerous situations, they, they, too, as well. They've taken an oath to save life. And with this new policy now, can you imagine going into a house, you see a 10-year-old girl and her father or mother is not breathing. Oh my God. And we have to tell, and we have to tell her now that this is it. There's nothing we can do. When we know that there's other options available in hospitals, but it's not the hospital's fault. There's just no room. So the the PTSD that's going to come with this down the line. I mean, we're used to seeing one to two cardiac arrests a day. We're now seeing five, six dead bodies every shift. Oh my God! Every call that comes out now—it's it's it's every other call is a cardiac arrest. You don't—it's not normal. It's really a military response right now. Correct, and, and that, that 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 hits on that key point uh, that you just mentioned about people staying home, right? So right. The, the, the issue here is: did a, is a virus that more dangerous than we knew about a couple of weeks ago? No, but if you stay home, right, then the the risk of is the, the the issue here is the pressure on the system. The system cannot handle all this. So basically, the things that we're used to, you got to all of you in the medical profession, Doctor Manny, uh, Oren, and the the EMTs and the doctors and the nurses, the life saving methods that we're used to as a normal you know normal routine those are out the window now it's basically if you have a cardiac arrest good luck correct we had war that's We're at war. what it is correct that's what it is oh my god yep, exactly or what do, what exactly. what can, what, can, what can people is there what can people who are listening to this right now do to support you um you know or to support the the paramedics don't, don't, and the don't don't call 911 if you have a stopped toe don't call 911 if you want to be tested we do not provide unseen testing our system is overwhelmed by people calling us to be tested we we don't come to your house we don't we don't have time to test people we out there uh serving people who have critical medical needs so that scratch that you have on your foot the scratch that you have on your back it's going to go away. Just stay home or go see your local doctor, your local practitioner. But but stop calling now 911 for unnecessary stuff. And if you and if you see our men and women out there, our fire inspectors, the police officers, firefighters, thank them. 
for keeping our city together. Well, Oren, we'd like to thank you very much for, uh, for 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 really trying to save lives to the best of ability the, the ability that you can. Oren uh, Barzale, the president of the fire department EMS uh, union with the EMTs and the paramedics there. You guys are doing an amazing, amazing job. We thank you. Also, big shout out to all of the E nine one one nine one one operators. They're working. They they must be so overloaded right now. And uh, big, sh- oh, oh, big shout out to them. do deserve a big shout out. Thank yeah. you, thank you for that, Lisa. Thank so, you. Thank you. So big shout out, big shout out to you, and uh, just all the more reason. It is very real. So please think about this when you are starting to go crazy in your house and you want to go out. We need to stay in. We need to get this contained. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. I promise we're going to get to the telephone calls. 1-800-223-9797. 1-800-223-9797. We'll be right back. This is Hot 97 Street Soldiers, hosted by Lisa Evers. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. This is part of our continuing coverage here on Hot 97 of the coronavirus pandemic. We're broadcasting live from the epicenter of this health crisis in New York City from our Hot 97 studios. And joining me in studio is Dr. Emmanuel Manny Fambu. We called him, we call him Dr. Manny for short. He's a medical doctor, has an MD and MBA. He's the best-selling author of the book, The Future of Healthcare and Other Books and Publications, a medical futurist, and he deals with many people who are on the front line of dealing with this pandemic. Dr. Manny, thank you so much for, for being with us. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Lisa. A lot of people on hold at 1-800-223-9797. Let's get right to it. Let's uh, let's go to Angel right now. Angel, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Angel, hi, you're, right, you're on. I know you've been holding on for a really long time, but you're on the air. Go right ahead. Okay, let's go to... Uh, Let's go to this listener here about symptoms. Hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Why are we not hearing the phone calls? Hello? Yes. Hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. How are you doing? All right. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. Like, I want to know, like, how long is this pandemic going to last? Because um, it's been 15 days on lockdown. Okay. How long and is it going to? Go ahead. Like, how long is it going to last? Like, I know it's going to be more than 30 days, but, like, like, what is the precaution that I got to take to be safe? All right, let me get let me get Dr. Manny. To, Dr. Manny, can you run that down for us? First, how long do you think the lockdown is going to last? Realistically, uh, you know, I, I actually was on, in this meeting with the former FDA commissioner talking about this uh, just this week. And realistically speaking, I think this will go on until at least June. Uh, we'll, we'll be able to go outside based on projections, right? And keep in mind that the, no one knows exactly when this will be over. I don't think it will ever be over mentally for us. Uh, I think it's just a new way of thinking. We we'll just, be, I think, our society today would just be one where we just walk around with face masks, we have gloves on, we have sanit- hand sanitizers, and we just become more proactive about prevention, right? I think that's one. While we wait for vaccines and treatments to be fully developed, right? That's one side of it. But the the faster we can get back to normal. It depends on how we follow the rules and we stay home, right? If we stay home and we have decreased the infection rates, we finally get back to normal and we're back to our normal life. And that's a real thing. That's just not some kind of public service announcement, feel-good thing. It really will make a difference in the numbers, you say. Yeah, correct. Yes. And, and if you look, if we talk about this today. If you look at the rates of infection um, in, in other, like in Florida, for example, right? Uh, just several weeks ago, Florida had fewer infections and people were out on the beach and, you know, spring breakers were having fun. 
Today in Florida is a completely different uh, thing, right? Everyone is on lockdown today. If you look at countries around the world where they were great at controlling spread, like South Korea, for example, that's exactly what they did. It was quarantine. Shut er it down. Shut it down early because people don't move around. And so if you don't move around, you can infect other people. And so you can control it. All right. And then in terms of the moving around, I got a report last night from somebody, haven't verified it, but they were asked for identification about, um, they were asked for the paper from their employer about the, to prove that they are essential workers. I would believe, I'm just saying this, we're not at that point yet, but I think if you are an essential worker, before it comes to the point where you get caught out there and you get stopped because you don't have a paper that says you're an essential worker, if you don't have a job ID, if you work for one of these smaller stores or smaller smaller businesses or you're self-employed or whatever, you need to make sure you always have ID on you and make sure you have some sort of paper, like even a, you know, just like a piece of paper they write up on the computer and print on the printer or even that you are an essential worker employed at such and such a location or something that proves that you are employed there in case uh, they, they start to control movement, which I believe is going to happen if this uh, continues to grow the way that it is and people are not following social distancing and isolation. Okay, the caller's other question was, um, caller's other question was about uh, protecting himself. You're saying go stay home. Stay home, right? Uh, wash your hands. Wash your hands. Put on a face mask. Face mask. Correct. I mean, of course, if you're home and you and no one went outside, there's no reason walking around the house with a face mask on. Right. Right. But if you're going outside, I think it's great to put on face mask. If you have symptoms, definitely put on a face mask right on. But make sure you, you wash your hands. Uh, use hand sanitizer. Um, and don't think the only when you shake hands with people. Think about it when you press elevator buttons, right? Doorknobs, right? If you get an Uber, you, you hold a door. All these different surfaces can actually hold this. If someone sneezes or someone coughs, right? These droplets now we know travel in the air and they can actually go on, on surfaces, tables. Uh, so you need to make sure you wipe things down and stay clean and stay home. And then what about with the mask? The concern was always about people touching their face and the gloves about people taking not taking them off the right way. Correct. That was the initial uh, part of the concern. But now we know that this thing is airborne. So you are you should put it on, right? And so if you look at the, the risk benefit of this now, it's, yeah, just put it on. Please don't put your finger on your nose, <laughs> right? And put your hands in your mouth, which is good practice without coronavirus. But now uh, we should be more aware of that. All right. Let's go right now to uh, Shane right now. Shane, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hello? Hey, Shane, you're on the air. Go right ahead. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? We're doing the show. What's your question or comment? I, I wanted to know because I work in the hospital too. Um, I'm hearing different things as far as if it's full blown like a TB type of thing, or if it's like a flu type of thing where it's more droplet. All right, I, I'm hearing like it's like a, a mixture of both. I don't, you know. So, so okay, so let's find out what Dr. Manny has to say. Okay. Correct. So if you look from a TB, so both of them are respiratory diseases, right? Um, and so TB has a much long-term um, uh, kind of effect on you where you end up with like long scarring and scarring tissue, right? Uh, we know about TB for a long period of time. Uh, there are vaccines, you know, like BCG vaccine for TB um, in that particular case. And, and, and it's, it, we know TB is very contagious and very infectious. We know that, right? Um but there's more long-term uh, ramifications from TB. So when we look at uh, the flu, for example, yes, the flu, uh, people have the flu in certain, in certain periods. And people, yes, people do die from the flu, right? Um, like elderly people, younger people. Uh, we, had a flu, we have a flu vaccine. We had flu around for a long period of time, so understand the flu. 
what in this particular case is happening is, is something that we know is contagious, right? Because you could, um, you know, if you touch, shake someone's hand, you could pass it on to another person. Right. So it's a public health concern, just like TB is a public health concern, right? Um, the second, the, the third piece of this, is, which is actually scary, is, but this is very new. We don't have a vaccine for this, right? Imagine if we had TB going around and there was no vaccine for TB, right? Right. It'll be ridiculously bad for everyone, right? And so, because we have a vaccine, so that prevents things. For the flu, we have some kind of we have we have uh, immunization, the flu shot, take, the right. flu shots that you could take. And we've had the flu for a long period of time. We understand the flu. This is something that's very new, and we don't. And so, on a day-to-day basis, on a weekly basis, we are learning something completely new from this every single day. Every wow! Single day, correct. All right. Well, let's go to Ralph right now. Ralph, hi. You're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hey, yes. How you doing? My name is Ralph. Um, I'm actually a super to a building, and um. I had I was sick for like four days. I had a hundred and one point five fever. I had a cough. I had the body aches and stuff like that. My question is, I've been labeled an essential worker because I'm a superintendent to a building in Manhattan, and I'm just trying to figure out how can I protect myself. Because at first we thought that it wasn't airborne; that it was just like you guys were indicating the droplets or whatever. And now they're saying that it's airborne. So how can I further protect myself, being an essential worker as a superintendent in a building, having to go into some Sometimes people's apartments only when it's an emergency and stuff like that. So oh, no, that's I'm a, that's a, a little, I'm, little, I'm a little stressed out about that. My, my job has me continuously working as if we are not in a pandemic. So I'm just trying to figure out how this all works. All right. You know, let's get some advice from Dr. Manny. And also, um, Ralph, thank you for, for being on the job because the, these building supers, you know, this is the other aspect of this, Manny, another one of the unforeseen uh, consequences of everybody staying at home. It's stressing out a lot of apartments in terms of hot water, in terms of plumbing, in terms of, you know, people needing needing things inside the apartment because everybody's home all the time. What what can uh, Ralph do to protect himself? I think Ralph should um, be protected just like um, any nurse or doctor in a hospital should be protected. Right, because you're going home to home, for example, right, and which is very important. This is very essential work, right? People, extremely, extremely essential. People at home, yeah, so they're home, and people have heat issues, you know, water issues, the bunch of issues that people need help with, right? Uh, right, and so you being able to walk in there, you are basically every time you walk in. That could be a danger zone for you, right? Because you don't know what's happening in there. You're actually at higher risk, not only for yourself, but for your family when you go back home, right? Uh, I tell my family myself, I mean, coming out to the studio today, I had my mask on and I have my gloves on, right? They still don't believe me that uh, my voice sounds just great <laughs> without a mask on, <laughs> right? I have my gloves, but it, it, it's, it's, it's real. It's not just about you, but about people at home that we go back to and we try to get sick, right? And so here in the studio, we are well protected and quite safe. But in, in, and then also, too, can you, you know, you, you also say that when people are in high exposure uh, jobs, before they go, you know, start moving around the apartment or the home, they should really take all those clothes off, too, and shoes off. Correct. Especially and now in this particular case, in, like in the college situation, if you have any job that goes home to home, for example, right? Uh, to, you know, what, what is it? last week we had someone calling about being a home held aide. The same kind of uh, position you are if you're a super in a building, right? Same kind of thing. You go right. door to door. Totally. Correct. And it's, don't forget, it's not just about, uh, you know, the super protecting himself. But what about if you take things from one apartment to the next apartment? You could actually spread things between apartments, um, right? So you should probably have something disposable that you could dispose of every time you walk into a building. Like a Tyback soup. Like what they call the Tyback thing, those white. But those, but even the even the hospital workers can't get those, apparently. Correct. Exactly. But imagine if, if you are home and someone, uh, you know, is going door to door and you're not protected like that, right? You could actually spread it and create chaos. Oh, my gosh. All right. 1-800-223-9797. Let's go to Dolores right now. Dolores, hi. You're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hi. Um, I'm calling. I'm in Long Island. I 
had to go out to the store for my mom this morning, and all the stores are packed. Everybody is out, no masks, nothing. What is it going to take for them to shut everything down, let everything get cleaned? What is it going to take for this to happen? Because it's going to keep on spreading. Absolutely. Well, you know, I don't know what else they can do because they've they've ordered every there is a stay at home order in effect. And then in terms of enforcing it, who do we rely on? We rely on the police to enforce those kinds of things. We have uh, upwards of 18 percent of the NYPD is out sick. They just suffered another death of uh, one of the members of the NYPD. I think it was a school crossing guard. Um, our, condol- our condolences to them. So it's people need to take it seriously. And I, I think I'm hearing from friends and, and you know, friends out in Long Island that you know, it's just starting to really hit hard there in a way that people thought maybe wasn't going to come that they're because they're not in a densely populated urban area. You know, that most of the towns are a lot smaller, but the um, it's it's real. People need to stay home. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take, Dolores. At least you talked about the death rates um, going up, right? And whoever, I mean, if you listen to um, to, to the CDC, if you listen to the government, um, daily briefing. Everyone was told that April is going to be a very tough month for us, right? Yes. That's, so we expect the, the highest death rates to happen in April, especially in New York City. So we know that. So the numbers are only going to get worse. Next week is going to be worse than what happened this week, right? Because remember. This takes this a fourteen day incubation period for this, so that people that might get infected today that might not show symptoms, that will have to wait fourteen days from now that get sick, and that, so those numbers will catch up over in April. And these are people that probably get infected two weeks ago, right? Um, so that's one side of it. Last night, someone like Chris Cuomo, for example, on CNN, right? Uh, he's a very healthy man, right? Uh, In good shape, but takes correct. care of himself. Great shape, right. right. And last night, if you saw him on, on TV speaking to Anderson Cooper, he was like at home. And he's in a basement of his own home, right? And right. he cannot move, go outside or move, right? He can't breathe. He has difficulty even singing karaoke with his kids. Just that, that's the reality of people that are healthy. You can see people go through this. It's not a joke. It's actually real. So let's stay home. Let's stay home. All right. 1-800-223-9797. We're going to get to your telephone calls. Uh, Dr. Emmanuel Fambu with me in studio. Dr. Manny taking your calls, giving us the advice and giving us the real, you know, the real facts about what, what to do and what we can expect and how we can protect ourselves. This is Hot 97 Street Soldiers. I'm your girl, Lisa Evers, at Lisa Evers, Instagram, live and Twitter and Facebook. We'll be right back. This is Hot 97 Street Soldiers, hosted by Lisa Evers. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. This is part of our continuing coverage on the coronavirus pandemic that is changing, has already changed the way we live, and it is bound to be changing it much, much more. Um, joining me in studio is Dr. Emmanuel Manny Fambu. He's a medical doctor with an MD and MBA, best-selling author of the book, The Future of Healthcare, and a medical futurist. And as we're speaking right now, during this show, this two-hour live special Street Soldiers episode, about 24 people in New York City will have died from the coronavirus. So this is serious. You need to stay home. You need to stay inside. I know people are going crazy. I know people want to get outside. I know it's, you know, but this is what's needed. You should be lucky that you're healthy enough to be at home, that, you, that you're that you not an essential worker out in public contact, and that, you know, you can, you can maintain. So it's basically about maintaining right now. This is a war. We can win this war, but you really need to just get, you know, get with the program here. And a lot of people still still need to hear that. Um, Manny, let's go to some fo- uh, phone calls here. Let's go to uh, Joey right now. Joey, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. How you doing? My name is Joey. I'm a, count, a district council carpenter down at the Javits Center. Okay. And um, we just finished building the, all the hospital beds there. 
Thank you very much for what you Thank you. Thank you very much. But we built them. Thank you. Um, My question is, we're being told to wear masks and stuff like that, but there was a thousand army guys in there, and not one of them have a mask or gloves on. When you were putting when you were putting the hot okay, so he's talking about the Javits Center, which they they built a thousand beds, um, put a thousand beds in there for the hospital. That the army maybe maybe they just didn't have them. I mean, maybe they don't have helmets. They don't in war zones, or they don't have the proper equipment in war zones. So maybe they just didn't have it. Does that shock you, Doctor Manny? Yeah, I mean that's exactly what we are hearing from you know from the front lines. Look at what happened with the navy commander when he actually said he had people on on his ship, right? Right. <laughs> he had sailors that were sick, and when he made he made it known, and he got fired. That's what happened to him, right? right? And so we need to protect. You know, um, uh, men and women in the front lines of this. There's absolutely no reason why you could have more than five, ten people gathered in any environment and no one is covered or protected. Right at the, at this particular point. Correct. Yeah. No. No. I have no answer for that, and uh, they they definitely should have been. They definitely should have been. Yeah. It's 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 it was just mind boggling. Like they're handing us out gloves and masks, and why aren't they wearing them? Do they know something that we don't know? <laughs> No, maybe they just didn't have them. That's what I'm thinking it is. They're correct. They, 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 don't, they, they don't have, uh, I mean, this is something that we hear over and over again, right? right. From the mayor, from the governor. Right. Across, even across the entire um, country where they have shortage of equipment. But they should they should be protected. If they're giving you something, no one is immune to this, as, as you can tell, right? I mean, we have sailors dying from this, right? The people in the military dying. People in the government have this, right? Uh, leaders, uh, the the, uh, the wife of the prime minister of Canada was infected with this, right? Right. So, Prince so this Charles. Is, Prince right. Charles was affected. So, so this is not something where there's a secret somewhere in case you have a conspiracy theory mind right. the military knows something politicians are getting sick from this too every everybody's the getting sick got affected it. right i mean with this so, exactly so it's, nice. yeah. it's 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 affecting everybody every and i just want to say i want to bring in our, our next guest on the phone lines on the on the hotline the uh if you're on hold right now on the phone at 1-800-223-9797 looks like all the lines are filled are full. Um, if you are on hold, don't hang up because we're going to go through. We're going to go through the phone calls, um, and if you hang up, somebody else will probably take the play, that place because we have so many telephone calls coming in. And I'm going to try to get to as many as possible. But, but Dr. Manny, right now I want to bring in uh, Dr. Samson Davis. He's an emergency room physician in Newark and New York Times bestselling author of numerous books, including the most recent one, The Stuff, with his co-author, my good friend Charlie Jeter, and uh, Dr. Dave, Dr. Sam. Thanks for. Um, I no, I'm used to calling you Sam. I'm, go- I'm trying to... Dr. Samson Davis. Sam, great to have you with us on the show. Thank you so much for being with us. Dr. Absolutely. Lisa. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you. Dr. Samson Davis. So what are you seeing in New Jersey? Because New Jersey has been very hard hit by this coronavirus as well. Yeah. I'm in, So I work, in that, as you mentioned, in North New Jersey or, or, or the northern part of New Jersey. I'm in East Orange as well. But it is a crisis. I, I, all I'm seeing this week in particular are all coronavirus patients. Um, compared to a week and a half ago or two weeks ago, I saw zero, maybe one or two here and there. But over the last week, I've probably seen two or 300 coronavirus patients in the emergency department. Um, we are at a crisis. We have uh, negative pressure systems throughout the whole department now. Uh, we are geared up. We're wearing um, goggles, uh, N95 masks, and gowns, uh, plastic gowns to help to decrease the uh, virus uh, sort of contaminating us and, and then reaching our bodies. Uh, uh, sadly enough, we, I lost one of my colleagues this past Tuesday, an amazing, amazing, an amazing emergency medicine physician passed away from coronavirus at age 60 uh, on Tuesday. Oh, I'm so um, sorry. With. So this is, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we are definitely in a uh, crisis and serious times, but we will get through it. No, we will definitely get through it. But what do you think about, because there's there's still, you know, there, there's still a lot of reports and there's still a lot of people that are not taking, especially they've, they've singled out young people, but um, there's a lot of people in general that are not taking this these stay-home orders seriously and the lockdown seriously. What, yeah, what would you say to them about that? I, I mean, it, I don't want to attack young versus older. It, the, the, the point of the matter is, if you, it, it's, it comes down to this really basic, simple conceptualization. Do you want to live? Do you want to live? Do you want your children to live? Do you want your siblings to live? If so, we have to practice. I don't, I don't like the word social distance. I like the word physical distance because socially we still need to stay connected in a virtual space. We need that more than ever before. But physically, you have to keep your distance from each other. We're talking about another four weeks of possibly just being separated from each other, and it's going to change the dynamic. If we do not do that, the death rates, the infection rates are going to continuously increase and soar. And then it really doesn't hit home sometimes, unfortunately, and not to sound grave until until it's someone that you know. And then that changes the playing field. So uh, it, it just really takes a simple measure just to stay home and stay away from people. Uh, do what you need to do to entertain yourself at home, board games, videos, um, you know, whatever sorts of entertainment, read a book. You can go outside and get fresh air, but make sure to keep your distance. It's so, so, so important. No, definitely. Well, Dr. Samson Davis, I know you're going to be doing an uh, Instagram Live. Ask ASAP Ferg with ASAP Ferg. Shout out to ASAP Ferg. Um, and Dr. Davis at 5 o'clock later on today. And so you can find that at, at ASAP Ferg and at Dr. Samson Davis live, taking the Q&As on uh the Instagram Live uh, later on today at 5 o'clock. Thank you so much for being with us, and and keep up the great work and stay safe. We'll do it. Thank you, thank you, Lisa, for what you're doing here. This is important. All right, thank you so much. I like that term, physical distancing. That's a better uh, better term for it, right? That that is much better. I, I and was, it tells what it is too. It, it it doesn't mean you can't talk to someone, right? I mean, right. <laughs> I, I literally went to a grocery store yesterday, and everyone was looking at me like I was a zombie. Like I mean, everyone just looking at each other. They're, they're just like they're so, zombies. Yeah, correct. Everyone is like terrified of each other now, right? If you walk by anyone, everyone's just looking at us like. And then instead, like people like like in the neighborhood, I walk into my car and I, and I'm like, I want to say good morning just to not be like so everything so negative, the mood so, and then people just as soon as they get close to you, it's not even eye, eye contact. They put their head down and turn it away. I'm like, correct. Whoa, okay, this is bad. All right, let's get to the phones, Doctor Man. We got we got a ton ton. Of people uh let's go right now to rick rick hi you're on hot 97 go right ahead hey what's going on lisa how you doing all right how are you doing i'm all right i'm all right i just wanted to talk a little bit on uh the covid 19 testing over here in the bronx um i heard a gentleman that was on air with you he was uh making a statement regarding the face masks and the gloves for the uh people that are working there doing the testing and I agree. Um, just now, I just came out of there, and there's uh, a lot of workers. You know, the nurses that are actually performing the test, they have their mask and gloves on. But then you have all the uh, the people from the Army. They're completely bare. And um, I, I don't think it should be acceptable that there isn't enough masks and gloves for them to wear because if we think about it, 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 it kind of defeats the purpose of all this random testing and all this testing that they're doing if they don't have the proper 
PPE to make sure that they're not spreading the a- virus. Themselves. Absolutely, and you just and it, absolutely, and uh, I'm going to look into that. But I also I want to just point out too, the soldiers that we're seeing. There are citizen soldiers. These are the U.S. Army National Guard. A lot of them were called up. They got the call from their commander that you know they're working regular jobs. They do their you know their their monthly duties uh, for the Army National Guard, and then they go back and their whatever jobs they're doing the rest of the time with their families. So they are like super at risk for this for for everything right now and the, you know there are citizen soldiers they were called up for this crisis and it's a shame that they don't have the equipment and i'm i'm, tr- I'm going to definitely find out about that but a, a big shout out we're sending lots of love to our u.s army national guard because they're the ones helping who help build that whole hospital a thousand beds at the javits center they're in many public areas i've seen them in different locations as i've been reporting and uh you know going to and from work uh, but uh, you know they need the equipment. Thank, thank you so much, Lisa, for them people to take these pictures and share with you on Instagram. Absolutely, right? Rick. If you have, if, do you have any pictures? Are you still there or no, you're out? I do. I do have pictures. And you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because when they saw me taking pictures and video, they all charged my car and they were telling me I'm not allowed to take pictures and video. I obviously respected their wishes and I stopped uh, recording and all that. But I think you know, I, I, I think it, it, it warrants a different type of perspective. You know, it, at least it did for me because now I start thinking: Is this the same process? Are they going through these same uh, 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 lack of, of PPE? Are they experiencing this in these, uh, you know, in these suburb areas? Because to me, it almost seems like, uh, you know, Trump is reluctant to help out over here in this area. You know, it, I, I, sometimes I start to think I can't help but wonder if maybe he wants the, uh, the, the, the numbers of deaths to go high in these urban communities well, kind of help. Minimum. I know. I know. I don't, well, I don't know about that. But you know, you know how it always goes. You you know always how how it goes with everything. I'm telling you right. I'm telling you right now. I know this for a fact. There are some of the wealthiest people in Manhattan right now trying to protect themselves from this, and they're having the same issues as everybody else. There's no there's no privilege privilege uh, with this one. This is the great leveler. Even the it's governor's great, brother has it. Right. The governor. Everyone. It's affecting everyone. So, but th- hey, Rick. So I'm going to put you on hold. I'm going to put you on hold in Anaya. Um, Anaya's going to pick up the phone and she's going to get a contact info and uh, give give you a number that you can text you can text those photos to okay all right no problem thank you very much appreciate it thank you all right let's uh, let's go right now to uh, Ernie Ernie hi you're on Hot ninety seven go right ahead Ernie you're on the air go right ahead oh hey good morning Lisa good morning thank you listen to your program but I just want to say everybody's listening everybody's taking it seriously but. The majority of people, they can't really stay home. They have to go, the, if they could do something about the rent or the mortgage or stuff like that, I think it will help out a lot. And then everybody will stay home. To help out with the rent? Oh, you mean in terms of like getting uh, the rent forgiveness? Where they would take care yeah. of the rent? All right, well, they don't have that yet. Yeah, that would be wonderful. But Ernie, they have... Uh where they say you don't have to pay your rent this month so so you can really stay home even more. I don't think that's going to happen. But what they do have is there is a 90-day moratorium in effect uh, from the date that the the, uh, stay-home order was issued in uh, New York State. You cannot be evicted for not paying your rent. All right, let's go to uh, uh, John right now. He's been holding on for a long time. John, hi, you're on Hot 97 with Lisa Evers and Dr. Manny. What's your question or comment? Good morning, Lisa. Uh, first, I want to give a big hand to the first responders. I have a lot of family and friends that's in the front line. And my thing is, I'm a mechanic. And how can we protect ourselves from people bringing their cars and not knowing what's going on with them? Okay, that's a good... Well, the good thing is they, they, you're, you're going to have limited contact with them because of the... Uh 
you know, because you're bringing the car in, they're dropping the car off, hopefully, so it's not like you're staying in there in a confined space with them for hours. But what what, what about for mechanics? That is, um, I mean, if... They're essential workers. They're essential workers, that's, that's what I'm saying. So, so I think it's just about having this, the guidance about what you need to do in whatever job you do, right? And, and we have to keep in mind that uh, this whole idea of social, you know, distancing or physical distance, which I actually like better... Um, it, it's a privilege, right? Not everyone is actually fortunate to actually have that. So we could talk about it and say, hey, 12 feet distance and six feet, it doesn't matter. But there are people, we also need, if cars get flat tires, so what, right? There are pregnant women that need to give birth. <laughs> they need to get to the hospital, right? So someone needs to drive them. Uh, someone needs to get food from the grocery store. So someone needs to do this. So we need to, but the key thing is, if you get in contact with any surface, please wash your hands. If you need to be out, put on a mask, right? Regardless of what job you do. These are things that you might not consider doing before, but please do that. But that we need to do it now. And speaking of, there, there was a caller that was on the line before, um, but she, she had to go. She's pregnant and she's worried about the, the COVID-19. What can you tell us about for, for pregnant women right now? It's fantastic. I mean, we, I spent some time doing some more research around this. We talked about it, right? And yes. There, there have been some cases um, in China, and I read the papers, where uh, babies born uh, tested positive. But no one knows how they got positive if they got positive after they, after were, they were born. Correct. Like the mother was not positive, for example, and the baby was positive, right? So we kind of, we don't know exactly where it came from in that particular case. Um, but for now, uh, there's no known from, from all the data that we have that has been direct transmission from mother to child, right? There's no published paper on that. So, so it's, it's not like not like drugs, not like alcohol. Correct. Yes, so none of that. But if you go online, you'll read things about, you know, babies testing positive in two, three, four cases, but no one knows how they got exposed. But then the other question, the other question is, there's, there's some mothers that are concerned about having their babies in hospitals because the hospitals are so overrun with the COVID patients. Correct. I mean, it is concerning. I mean, I, um, um, ha- we have a friend uh, uh, that is actually pregnant right now in the city, right? And the idea was, okay, she wanted to see a doctor, you know, to check up much pregnant she was. Right. It is scary to walk into a hospital at that point, right? Is it more dangerous being home? Is it more dangerous exactly. um, actually going um, out uh, to see to, to see a patient? Which is interesting now if you look at, you know, the, the naval ship uh, that is out uh, in, you know, on the pier right in New York right, City. Right, because initially that was supposed to be, and, and so was the Javits. Javits they were supposed to take people that were non-COVID patients to, to ease the hospitals so the city hospitals could just deal with the COVID patients, but that's not the case. Correct. And so now, that's not the case now because all the hospitals are, are full I just read about the Javis Center actually now taking COVID nineteen patients now, right? That, that was not the original intention, right? But they had so many at the hospitals. They, you know, there's more than eleven thousand cases. Correct, and, so, and this goes back to our original point in the city. early in the call today, where we have the, the, the do not resuscitate um, order that is taking place in the city that uh, the, the paramedic uh, that called in uh, told us, right? Right. And so because of that, there's no hospitals to take people to, so people are actually dying from non COVID nineteen related things. Oh my God, that's so it sad. is scary. It is so sad. Uh, let's go to uh, let's go to wisdom right now. Wisdom, hi, you're on Hot ninety seven. Go right ahead. Yeah, hello. Hi, wisdom. You've been I know you've been hanging out for a long time. Thanks for calling in to Street Soldiers. Go right ahead. What's your question or comment? Okay, so basically, um, I'm trying to make common sense here. Um, I'm an analyst by profession. Yeah, um, I've been I've been trying to uh, do the math here. All essential workers need to stay home. I've got my reason for this. Now, you see, you can't really tell if the vi- if you've got the virus day one or day two or day three. True, true. That, that, makes, it, that makes it more, I mean, more scary than ever, you know. So, I mean, but you've got people who work with, 
UPS, for instance, who walk with Amazon, for instance, who walk with Walmart, for instance, okay? Now, you can't really tell who is affected or not. No, absolutely. Yeah? Absolutely. So, and wisdom, that, that's, such a, that's such a great point. Manny, the, the, the testing is very, like we, we heard from the, from the EMS uh, union head. He's saying that people are flooding 911, calling for tests because people, everybody wants a test, a test, a test, a test. In an ideal world, that would be the best thing to do, right? Imagine today if every single person in the country took the test. Right. If you just think about today, everyone took the test and we find out, okay, all those that are positive for the test move to one side. Right. <laughs> right. And then right. everyone that's not positive move to one side. Right. And then we hold everyone together for 14 days and then we are done. Right. right. We move on. That is the ideal case. But the reality is not reality. Is the reality of it is this test is not cheap. Um, one, two, it's not available for everyone. And so right now the mandate is if you have been exposed to someone that you think um, had COVID-19 um, or you have symptoms, then you get tested, right? Um, but the scary part of that is the same kind of thing we have with HIV testing, right? Right. When they say everyone should get tested because if, we, if you know that you could prevent it. Ideally, when we get to a point where we have mass testing, we have uh, home testing kits that you could do. I think the, the mandate will be everyone test themselves. And if you know that you're affected, they isolate yourself. But right now it's an emergency. And so we have different rules, uh, short term as opposed to long term uh, rules. All right. We, we have to we have to take a, a quick break. But Erica, Cheryl, Tiff, uh, Zumani, everybody, Nancy, so many calls, Armin, everybody hang on the lines. We're going to take a really quick break. Station ID. We'll be right back and more with Dr. Manny taking your telephone calls right after this. WQHT HD1 New York. This is a special coronavirus edition of Street Soldiers, hosted by Lisa Evers on Hot 97. Welcome back, everybody. Joined by Dr. Emmanuel Manny Fambu. He's a medical doctor, has an MD and MBA, best-selling author of his book, The Future of Healthcare. And we're taking your telephone calls at 1-800-223-9797. Dr. Manny, we've got a full deck here of calls. Let's go right through them. Erica, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hi, Lisa. How are you? Fine, thank you. How are you? Good. So, me and my husband own EM Barbers in Nourishell. Um, you know, where they say the first, you know, the guy first was cases were right? and everybody. And my thing is, you know, another doctor had said that Trump didn't shut the borders down in time. And that for anybody to think that he was the first guy who was diagnosed is a little crazy for the numbers to be where they are in New York. They probably, it's probably been circulating in New York for a long time. It just hasn't been tested. Do you think that's true? Okay, Erica, that wasn't what the, um, I thought the call was about, but the, the fact of the matter is we don't know. People move around so much. People move around all over the place. And I know you were trying to get your shout out, your shop on there, but, uh, it, it's all right. But in turn, inter- people, everybody's moving around. You can't really pinpoint, like, we know what the first publicized case was, was, was the man in New Rochelle, who had also been in Miami, who had been in other places. But it's impossible to know, right, Dr. Manny? No, correct. So, so we know um, that it, where it came from, you know, from the Hubei, Wuhan region in China, for example, right? And this probably started in September, October. We don't know when, right? But if you look at the same time that this virus came about, that's when everyone had the flu, <laughs> right? The right. flu season. Exactly. And so, so, so it's hard to tell. Co- correct. If you show up to the hospital with, with fever and, the, uh, you know, yes, you have a flu, you, get, you might have pneumonia as well, right? So the symptoms are not that much different. Um, but over time, when you see so many people, younger people that were otherwise were not affected by the flu showing up with the flu, it takes you some time to actually say, hey, something's wrong here. It's not the norm, right? So it took us some time to do that. So it is true that 
the virus has been in the city for a long period of time, right? It's not like the virus had a passport that showed up at the airport and said, hey, right. um, and that there's I'm one COVID-19. specific person, right? Correct. It, it could, it's, it's very possible. All right. right, let's go to Armin right now. Armin, hi, you're on Hot 97 with Lisa Evers and Dr. Manny. Go right ahead. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, doctor. So I wanted to call in. I'm an essential worker. I do repairs on appliances, refrigerators, stoves, and our business has doubled in the last few because everybody's staying wow. home. And to that super in Manhattan, I work in Manhattan as well, and to that super in Manhattan, you know, I'm very upset with supers and doormen because I go into a lot of these buildings and I see them with no gloves and I see them with no mask. And it's hard because I have to get in an elevator and be with them inside an elevator. And then I go inside an apartment and you have, you know, I deal with the very wealthy. I fix very high-end appliances. And you're right. It doesn't discriminate from whether you have this or you have that. And it's the hardest thing for that super in Manhattan. What I do is as soon as I get in the house, I put double gloves on. I have my face mask. I sanitize my face mask. I come home. I have to, you know, take off all my clothes in the garage. My wife won't even let me through the door with anything on. She has a robe there. I switch into a robe, and I go inside, and I shower. I I just want to tell everybody, there has to be a way to get gloves. I'm going around giving out gloves. I'm doing the best that I can, and I see a lot of people. We have to really protect ourselves. I have a four-year-old baby, and I come home petrified every every day for my 14-year-old and my 15-year-old, my wife, because they don't leave the house. They've been they've been isolated for 21 days without leaving the house. The other day, my daughter had a hundred a hundred point three fever, and I felt the guiltiest I've ever been because I'm the one carrying this. I'm the one bringing it in. If anybody gets sick in my house, it's me. And I don't know what else to do. I really hope that they put this order in where you have to carry this essential letter and you can only be the only people out there if you're really essential. I, it, I really hope they pass that letter. And, doctor, if you have any advice for me on how to protect my kids and my wife from it, I mean, besides what I'm doing, please, I would love to know. No, I, I think you're doing everything that you're supposed to be doing, right? And, and, I, and I think uh, when we start calling people out for not protecting th- themselves, that's exactly wh- 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 where we should be. I think the idea of you actually calling out, if you call out, uh, you know, a super in a building that is not protecting themselves, they're not just putting themselves at risk, but putting everyone in that they're building at risk. They're putting everybody at risk. Correct. And putting yourself at risk, right? And right. so the mindset that you have is a perfect mindset that if everyone had the exact same mindset, then we will actually control this and get back to normal, right? But everyone has to think like this. So, so also too for Armand. So when he's going into the, he, you know, and especially these are these are bigger apartments. He can ask the people. He can ask the super to let the let the residents know. Have everybody move to a certain room so that they're not in that kitchen or wherever they have to put the appliance in. You know how people watch you. They come to your apartment, then you kind of like watch what they're. You know, you watch the work they're doing and what are they doing or whatever. Is just have them move away like that, right? Not, not correct. But but the, the scary part of this is before he comes into the apartment, right? Maybe maybe someone sneezed. Maybe someone went outside and touched the surface, right? Maybe the super has gone door to door and touched the doorknob and everything else, right? Um, and and so I think it's that mindset still yeah make people move away from you while you are there to protect yourself of course but those people if they don't care about and you could see them in day to day how they live and they don't take care of this those are the people that will keep us locked down much longer so am I crazy when I that I spray I have the big can of Lysol spray that I spray the staircase before I go down it no, um, I think it's actually great. I mean, it's a better way to do it, no? Lysol is my new best friend. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's go to Nancy right now. Nancy, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hi, Lisa. Hi, doctor. How are you? I'm doing great. Yourself? I'm doing well. Um, I'm on my 25th day of being ill with Rona. 25th day? Oh, my God. How are you feeling? Sure. 
I'm feeling great. I feel pretty much recovered. I'm just taking it easy and not trying to get stressed or anything like that so that the psychosomatic symptoms don't, you know, make me crazy. <laughs> so how were you how were you diagnosed how were you diagnosed? Did you do you get a test? I haven't been tested yet. I have not been tested yet. I'm waiting for a blood test and I'm holding out until Stony Brook University Hospital gets a blood test. Well, this is I want to talk that's where my Mm-hmm. No, there's a lot. There's a lot of people with this delay in testing, uh, Doctor Manny. In, ter- in terms of the testing, in terms of the testing that's being done right now, it's still very, very slow. What can you tell us about that? Is Incredibly it, is, slow. If, if you if you watch TV and you you, you hear the president talk or the, or the politician speak, you think that there's a test available in every corner, right? So if you, if they say, well, we don't want everyone to get tested, just essential workers or people at high risk, well, we just have a caller that's actually sick, right? And they have not been tested, right? <laughs> right. But she's gone through all the symptoms, and she says now she's feeling better and recovering, and she still has not been tested. So imagine how many other people are in the city right now or in the state that are actually in the exact same situation, and they are moving around, and and this is someone that has symptoms and actually sick, and they haven't been tested yet. So there's there's things on the horizon. I interviewed a Dr. Andrew Brooks from from Rutgers University, research of bio uh, the, a laboratory too that, that that's works in conjunction with them. He said they're working on it, getting approval. Um, which could come within a couple of weeks for the, uh, the type, this t- type of COVID-19 test where you basically, it's a little funnel and kind of a wide mouth uh, test tube. You spit into it and you spit into it. You put the special top on so it doesn't leak and it's like a preservative. And then you either mail it into, it would be mailed into a lab or you it would be done uh, you know, at some some facility like almost a drive-through where people don't have to interact and gown up and get all the protective gear on. But uh, how far away are we from really seeing some some improvement with this testing? Because this seems to be the big issue. Uh, we are months away um, from that, or even years away, right? And and so this research happening now, but you have to validate those things, and then you have to then manufacture it, then scale out for everyone to get access to this, right? I mean, that's that's one element of it. Uh, recently, I mean, we heard about Abbott, uh, you know, having uh, a test that you could do um, in a primary care setting. There's 15 minutes to do it, uh, which is fantastic. They could actually do it because now, for example, my, my friend I talked about earlier, it took them 10 days to actually get results back, right? A typical time frame now is about, you know, a week to 10 days to actually get results back from you if you go to hospital. Because they're so overburdened. Correct. And yes, and the, the, the period of time it takes like, to run the test and get the results and get back to you is And transport, you have to physically transport a physical specimen. This isn't like just hitting an email. Correct. It's not, yes, exactly. You have to take it to a lab and actually run this test, right? And, and so that's one. So Abbott's test, which is you can actually put a, a test tube in and then run it for 15 minutes. The challenge there is each machine can only run one test. Right, so imagine if you're in a in, in a typical hospital and you have a hundred people showing up. We just talked to uh, Dr. Sampson, for example. You work in the ER where everyone is having COVID-19, so you have to test every single person, and you have one machine or five machines. So that's one test per patient for every fifteen minutes. Right. To wait to do that, it's not uh, possible. Do to the do math, that. and it, it, that's why it's going to be taking so many days. Correct. All right, let, let's uh, talk to Cheryl. She's been hanging out for a long time. Cheryl, hi. You're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hi, Lisa. Hi. How um, are you, Cheryl? I have. Nervous. Don't be nervous. Um, Just pretend you're talking to me on the telephone, okay? I'm trying. My son uh, had the flu yesterday, showed up. Uh, Today he has body ache. Um, I'm not around him, and he's around his pregnant wife who's due any day now. Uh, In the house, it's kind of hard for him to isolate himself. Um, I need to know what he should do about that. That's one question. 
I normally use the nebulizer. I need to know other than the, the silt water, what other water I can use because I can't seem to get any water. Okay, let me let me get Dr. Manny on the first uh, on the the first the first question. What about what about again with a pregnant wife and he's got some kind of symptoms? They don't know what they are. Correct. So one of the things here is uh, we have to be careful about also is. Uh, the, the stigma associated with a lot of things, right? So there's symptoms. People do have body ache. And there is flu fever. going around, there and there is, is like allergy. Too. We're starting to get into allergy season. <laughs> Correct. There's real flu that's not that's COVID. Happening. That, right. that, is, that is not COVID, right? But I do understand, uh, when I was in medical school, for example, when I used to read textbooks, I think I thought I had every disease I read about, right? So I read about this, and I thought I had this, right? And so right. so let's get that. And so, but at this point in time where we are, um, I will consider those symptoms high risk. So I will I will say you probably have COVID until ruled out, right? Because of the situation we're in, right? right? So I will not, so I'll be more careful with that. And so the first thing is you have to isolate that person. So isolation does not, if you live in an apartment and everyone lives in, a, in this particular space, not everyone has the luxury the, of the being luxury in a separate room. Of having a separate room or luxury of having a basement that right. you could be in. Not right. everyone has a luxury, right? And so the best way thing is just keep clean, put on face mask if you're home, right? Um, I'm not saying you should disown your, lap, your loved ones, right? So put on a face mask, uh, clean your hands if you come in contact with them. Um, that's the best you can do at a particular uh, point. But I will say if he has a symptom, he should definitely get tested to find out. If especially with a pregnant, especially with a wife that that close that close to Correct. the. Lip. What about her question about the water with the nebulizer? I, that I don't I don't yes. understand. What is that? So uh, when, when a, I mean, you want to use water? You don't have access to regular water. I think uh, that's what you should your nebulizer. You should use that, right? Uh, anything else? I think you should contact your physician. Yeah, uh, because that's a that's a ser- that's a, that can be a serious thing. All right, let's go to. Um, Okay, let's go to Aaron right now. Aaron, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hey, Aaron. Aaron, you're on the line. Go right ahead. Okay, let's go to... uh, Let's go to uh, Zuman right now. Is it Zuman? Uh, Good morning, Lisa. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Good morning, Doc. He's, uh, he's, che- he's, che- he's fact-checking uh, fact for me right there. Zuman, what's your question or comment? Thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you for having me. My comment is for the individuals that are going through anxieties and uh, considering outside situation that can control rather than be conscious about what's going on. And a lot of people hurting themselves as far like some of my friends that hankered down in the homes, they're overeating, over drinking, and without having corona, they're causing another problem to themselves. So I want everybody to try to be more conscious about themselves and see the situation for what it is and be conscious about what's going on. Because if you're living in fear and anxiety, you are just another problem rather than solution. So a lot of people are using their own mind and causing themselves afflictions without even knowing what the disease is about. And you know what, Zuma? Without even knowing knowing the whole thing. And you know what? You're raising a very, very good point. And that's, you know, my slogan, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. What what about in terms of your concern about people gaining gaining weight and, and, you know, turning into alcoholics behind this? 
correct. I mean, I've seen uh, you know people at home now eating the biggest junk food that people have, right? Right. Uh, and, and not everyone wants to cook before, and not everyone wants to cook stuff, and people just have limited ideas of what to cook, <laughs> right? Right. And if you look at just the impact of that, and I think what the cool, the, the color Zuma is, was saying, out, yeah, he's like perfectly on point. The most most number of people that have died uh, in New York City from COVID nineteen are people that actually had diabetes. Oh, really? Yes, and that's the population. The government talked about this, right? So people that had diabetes plus this actually a higher risk from dying from this. And we don't know why, but that's what we've seen uh, in the numbers in New York City. So people are home right now and everyone is drinking now, taking shots and drinking, just punish yourself and do whatever you want at home. Just, now, just, right? just get wasted. Correct. And it's the normal thing that people do in reaction to stress, right? When people have stress right. in general, some people eat, people get into alcoholism. You can't work. It's hard to work out. I mean, you can work out to a YouTube video in your living room, but that's, you know, it's not easy. Correct. People were not working out even before that, right? And so now right. you're home and you can't move and you don't have to see people. People are growing beards. You can go to the barber. You can do your hair. You can do your nails. People are stressed and they're right. like crappiest moments in time, right? And so I think the impact of this will be massive. Um, even after we get over this, people like the depression rates, right? Mental health. We talked about this last time. But I think mental health, how you take care of yourself is very important. So please take care. Take this moment to actually, you know, look at the holistic care. Take care of your mind. Right. Relax. Right. Think about it, right? You always have bills. When you die, there's still bills, right? So the ne bills never stop, right? right? So think about this. Everyone is going through the exact same situation, right? So there's no credit card company or no landlord coming after you because, uh, you know, you need to pay some particular bill. Hey, guess what? You don't have it. Just chill, <laughs> right? Everyone is going to catch up. We are going to make it out of this. So don't stress yourself and put yourself at danger and end up dying from because of a bill or something else. Just relax. All right, and there are a lot of companies. There are a lot of companies that are hiring, especially in terms of deliveries and uh, and, and, clerk, and clerks as well. Let's go. Let's go right now to uh, to uh, Maddie. Maddie, hi. You're on Hot ninety seven. Go right ahead. Hi, Lisa, and hi, Doctor. Um, so my question is, like back in China, you see people on the government was spraying down the city or like each region and stuff like that. So what are states doing or the government doing to like? to stop the virus. So it seemed like they're just waiting for the summer to come up and stuff like that. So pretty much the question is, what are the city or this, um, the government is doing to um, to stop the virus? Okay, man, are you talking about like disinfecting the streets and that type of thing? Like like we saw in China where they were spraying the buildings yeah. and all that. All right, let me ask Doc. Okay, there, there's video that people have seen, you know, in China there's they're spraying like, like power washing. It looked like power washing... Uh, Store, you know, store gates, the walls, the streets, all all of that type of stuff. So, what do you think about that? I um, I think we do know. Let's we stick to the facts. We, right. we we did know that this virus lives on surfaces, right? And so we do know. Street is a surface. It's a surface, correct? So you have trash cans, you have doors, building walls. Of course, we know it lives there. We know it lives in the air as well. So, is it does it make sense that we should spray, um, you know, like uh, sidings and wipe them out? Of course, we should, right? But is it? Uh, Practical? Is it expensive? Yeah, it is expensive, right? And so we look at the idea of costs and cities and who has the money or not and then say, hey, stay home. If you stay home, um, then you don't get to touch the surfaces within three, four days. Then the, the virus dies anyways. And so that's the idea here, right? But I think in an ideal situation, with enough resources, we should be doing that. All right. In terms of the rain, because we have kind of a rainy rainy day today. We've been having a bunch of rainy days. Does the rain wash it away? That was one of the comments I got on my Instagram, at Lisa Evers. Correct. But it washes away where? To the floor, to another surface. 
surface, right? But it moves it around, right? In, in, it's in not sense. like it hasn't been a heavy pounding rain. They're correct. And, and so, um, yes, but I'm sure, I mean, it, def it definitely helps. It's better to have a rain than not have rain, right? So that definitely helps us with cleaning surfaces, right? So that's definitely a plus. So all the more to take off your shoes, as you have suggested all along, as correct. soon as you get in the house. Yes, I, I will. Or else my family will not let me in. <laughs> <laughs> you have to beg. All right, let's go to... Uh, uh, let's go to Jen right now. Uh, Jen, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hi, Lisa. Hi, doctor. Um, I was wondering, so since um, there's the virus and then there's the supposed 5G that's out there and they both have the same symptoms, how, like, is there any way to distinguish, like, the difference between the two or is there like the five G? You mean is the five G um, thing real or is it a uh, yeah, is it a exactly. social social media fear thing? Okay, let, let me have Doctor Mandy because he's a real doctor, which is why we have him here and why we appreciate him giving his you know giving his time uh, to the community. And thank you so much for that because you know for really for for being so generous with your time. There's uh, there's things going around on social media that COVID. It's not really COVID nineteen. It's really not the coronavirus. It's really people are dropping and getting sick because of this. This 5G network, which supposedly goes deeper into your uh, nervous system and your body than the old 4G. Correct. So there's always a little bit of truth in everything people say, right? So I, I saw people breaking down lampposts and like things of 5G, right? So right. Five, so we have 4G today, right? And we have LTE and the, right. the different technologies that are available today. So if you look at microwaves, yes, all these all these things have microwaves that that they, that they pass on, right? For technology, your cell phone does have waves and microwaves do. And so we try to limit our exposure to radiation. That's just based on radiation. Is the current crisis what we have because of that? Absolutely not. Like it's, it's not based on that, right? Uh, not everyone. If you, there are many parts of the world that don't have five G technology, um, like in Africa, and that are having coronavirus. That, that coronavirus, right? So that's a good way for you to look at it around the world. So it's, no, it's not connected. This is completely separate uh, from what we're talking about. And again, it's spread through the air, spread in moisture droplets, people coughing. It's on surfaces. Correct. Highly contagious. Correct. It's real, and we can identify it, and you can visualize it. If you Google coronavirus, you'll see a picture of it. You could take a selfie. With it if you want, right? It does exist. It's not imagination. I want to stay as far away from that as possible. <laughs> this is Hot 97 Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Uh, Drewski, DJ Drewski, the one and only doing the no fur coat today, though, no jewels, just a hoodie, hoodie booted up and ready for the war here, helping us fight this war. Dr. Manny with us, uh, Dr. Emmanuel Fambu with us in studio, taking your calls at 1 800 223 9797. We will get through this. We'll be right back. This is Hot 97 Street Soldiers, hosted by Lisa Evers. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. This is our special two-hour live uh, coronavirus pandemic special, part of Hot 97's continuing coverage on the pandemic and how we're dealing it, broadcasting live from New York City. Joining me in studio is Dr. Emmanuel Manny Fambu. He's a medical doctor, has an MD and MBA, and also with us on the board's uh, special guest appearance here, the one and only DJ Drewski, lending his support to the cause here so that we can make this all happen. So Drewski, really appreciate you being with us here, uh, being here with us extra early before your show to uh, help us out, keep everything on and running. Just a few moments ago, Governor Cuomo announced that the number of coronavirus cases statewide continues to rise. It's now at 113,704. He said that China is donating 1,000 ventilators and also that the curve won't hit until May. Um, Dr. Manning, when he talks about the curve not hitting till May, what does that mean? 
it, it means that a lot of people today are just carrying the virus that don't have symptoms yet. Um, and that are going to probably already infect a lot of people. And so there are a lot of carriers right now that probably get symptoms showing up that probably got infected two weeks ago. And the people that get infected last week. And so all these numbers accumulating um, will probably hit. So just so I understand, so our, since more the numbers are going up, but of course more people are getting tested, there's more cases, is it becoming more contagious and more dangerous for people to be outside as we go into May? No, I, I think the people that got infected uh, are being diagnosed. We're doing more testing now, so we actually the numbers are going up, right? So some places might say we only have 500 people infected. It doesn't mean they don't have 20,000 people infected. It means they probably tested 2,000 people and they have 500, right? So in New York City, especially, we have the, the largest amount of testing out of any city or state in the country. So we have larger numbers, right? And so we're actually putting this in control. That's why we are advocating for other states, even outside of New York, to say, listen, yes, today we are the, are the epicenter, but if you don't do things to prevent this from happening, you could be exactly where it's we are. Even be, okay, and then China donating 1,000 ventilators. We've been hearing, uh, you know, the mayor talking about we're very close to running out of ventilators. Uh, we keep hearing about these ventilators. What about, why is that our ventilators so critical? And and how does somebody die from the coronavirus? I think that's the other thing we want to know, too. Because we've seen people, thousands of people have recovered from it. And will apparently not have any permanent damage, as far as we know, but we don't really know because it's so brand new, correct? Correct. And then, but what about, why are these ventilators, like when you die from the coronavirus, if you don't already have a pre-existing condition, what, how are you, you know, how are you dying? Correct. So, so if you look at uh, things, so we have something called pneumonia, right? Where right. in pneumonia, you have inflammation in your lungs. And if you look at inflammation, imagine when you have a cold and you're not, your nose is stuffy. You can't really can't breathe. Right. So think about the exact same thing happening in your lungs, in your airways, right? And so this is something, pneumonia, many people die from pneumonia from different viral infections. If you look at HIV, for example, uh, pneumonia is one of the leading causes of death, in, even in HIV, right? At, at the end stage of disease. So lungs are, kid- are critical. Are critical. You need your lungs to breathe, right? If you jump in water and you cannot swim and you, you drown because you can't breathe. Same kind of mindset here. So imagine... In this case, where your, your lungs are, you have inflammation, you have mucus, right, in your lungs, blocking air exchange from taking place. So you go to the point where you cannot breathe, and when you can't breathe, you can't take in oxygen, and you have no gas exchange, so your cells in your body are not getting oxygen. And so the next thing happens, you become blue, just like someone drowning, right? right. Same kind of symptoms like that, and then you die from that, from lack of oxygen. So with a ventilator, what you need is you need someone, if you can't breathe, and you can't get air in. It's like a breathing machine. Correct. So it's forcing air down, so, you're, so your, your lungs can actually take in air and exchange it with the rest of your body so you can actually survive. That's why uh, the ventilator is very important. So the uh, so so when people are going into cardiac arrest or going into the, which we, we would call a heart attack, um, the, it's because they can't breathe. Correct. They can't breathe in this particular case. In this particular case. In this case. coronavirus case. Yeah, yeah, correct. So you, you have a cardiac attack um, if you have a heart attack because blood blood is not flowing into a particular part of the body, which means you don't have oxygen still. But in this particular case, you have, uh, you know, this mucus formation within, the, the, you know, your alveoli or your your, your, wind, your air pipes, right? right? Basically, how you could describe it. And if you have mucus in there, it's clogging it, air is not going through, so you can't breathe. So you, you feel like someone is choking you, you suff- you're suffocating, right? And so you feel tired by, by nature. Right, right, because you don't have enough oxygen in your system. Correct. And then the next thing is That's you go, where the fatigue comes from. Correct. And you get blue and then you die from that, right? And so in a typical case, if you take medication and you, you can see improvement, then your airway is open, then you feel better, right? But imagine in a case where you have no ventilators and you get, you get that sick and there's no treatment. 
Because Mayor de Blasio said, he goes, you have to understand, ventilators, if there's no ventilator and the patient gets to that point, they're going to die. Correct. And And Governor Cuomo said, I'm going to take all the ventilators not being used from other parts of the state and other facilities, and we're bringing them to New York. Correct, because that's the only way without having... To save those lives. If you don't respond to treatment and your disease progresses with a ventilator, we could keep you alive, right? Because you have oxygen. That's where you die from. But it doesn't, you don't necessarily have to get to that point. But there are people that are getting the treatment, which, what is the treatment right now for it? So right now, there's no uh, treatment uh, specific for... You just lower the the symptoms, like the fever. You you manage the symptoms. And so a lot of times people will say, well, there's no treatment. How come people are surviving this, right? It's like a virus, like a typical virus. You could have a flu and end up in a hospital with pneumonia, right? Right. And they might say, well, listen, you have a flu today, there's no drug for, for flu, I mean, right, for a typical, I mean, like the treatment. So they'll tell you, hey, take Tylenol, right, take over-the-counter pain medicines, uh, drink tea, right, drink ginger juice, or whatever it is that you want to take, and then manage your symptoms, um, you know, inhale steam, that helps you, right, right? All those relief, things. relief symptoms. So those things help you. So you see videos like this online, people are posting these videos and say, oh, this cures coronavirus. No, it helps relieve your symptoms, but the underlying cause of why you couldn't breathe right. is the virus, right? So can we stop the virus as well? That's that's what we get. That's what we need to get to. Correct. All right, let's, let's get back to the phones. A lot of calls from uh, essential workers. Let's go to Tone right now. Tone, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. How you doing? Good morning, Doc. Oh, good afternoon, Lisa, Doc, Drew. Good morning. Um, I'm co- How you doing, guys? Um, first and foremost, I hope everybody stays blessed and uh, pays attention to detail to make sure to wear the mask or stay social distancing. The reason why I'm calling is maybe I can use you guys as a channel. Um, we are exterminators, and um, I have to work and enter buildings, and, you know, I try to accommodate people's needs for bugs and stuff like that. So I'm just trying to see if maybe if people that are listening that does need exterminating services sign the paper on the wall so that they know that the exterminator will come to their apartment and if they can protect themselves as well as us being protected. I wear a T9 mask with gloves, you know, and I try to go in and do what I can to the best of my ability. But also from the last gentleman who called about the refrigeration in the city, the supers, a lot of them are not paying attention to detail. They're not helping us either by promoting that paper on the wall, you know, to let the tenants notify the tenants that we are, we are available for their needs in, in this type of service. Um, and, uh, of course, most importantly, social distancing is the main key. And uh, God bless everybody. Straight up. Uh, all right, Tone. Th- th- thank, thank you very much for the call. A lot, a lot of workers have to go into these apartments, and they, they need to protect themselves as well. But he's, he's making a good point because apartment buildings are required every month to have exterminators. People have lists. You know, if you have a list, list on the door, you can sign that. Let's go, to, um, let's go to Richard right now. Richard, hi. You're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Good morning. Um, I know that, you know, all of this uh, virus is airborne and it could be on surfaces and stuff, but what about this mosquito population that's coming up? Can this be transferred blood to blood if somebody's a carrier and doesn't know? Oh, good, good question. Thank you so much for that. What, what about that? Yeah, so the, the, the best part of this is um, I had discussion with um, some scientists looking at this um, actually yesterday. So it's perfect time. And uh, we have no evidence right now that is um, a blood-to-blood transfusion, I mean, transmission through mosquitoes, right? I mean, the season is coming up and mosquitoes will be around. But right now, no, there's no evidence of that that we know of as, as of yet, right? This could change down the road, but as of today, there's no cases where we've seen mosquitoes transmitting um, from one person to the other. All right, and then it's not transmitted on food because I, w- I want to r- remind everybody about that too. That's you can't. It's not transmitted through food, but the packaging. You want people to be careful about that. Correct, and uh, we shared a lot of information about this um, quite a way where people could say, for example, 
um, can you get coronavirus? Because we've tested coronavirus in stool samples, for example, right? right. And, and you have to remember that your, your intestines also have blood vessel supply. I mean, if you have a virus in your body, yes, there's possible areas of secretion within your stool that you could find. A tool, your stool is actually a good way to diagnose many things, right? You could have blood in stool that could tell you have cancer or other things, right? You could tell. So, yeah, so you could find it in stool. Uh, but uh, as of today, there's no evidence that you could get it directly from eating food that you could not, like, I mean, if you eat f healthy food, I mean, or you eat food that you cook, <laughs> right? right. Or, or you microwave food and then just eat well, how we eat standard, yeah. But the deliveries, get rid of the, pa the packaging, don't take it into the living room or, you know, the kitchen, just... Get rid of it right by the front door. Correct. And, and so now you, you see ads from many companies now about this contactless deliveries, right? Right. Where, where, where people just drop stuff and then they leave and then you could just pick it up and then dispose of the, of, of the packaging. Um, I think that's very important, um, right? Because remember, the people work in warehouses and they touch these cardboards. On cardboards, for example, it could last for hours, right? Even I think 24 hours, it could last uh, six, six, or six to 12 hours, somewhere around there on cardboard. So you know all these boxes that show up. Someone is carrying them. They might not. They might not have gloves on, and they're throwing things back and forth. So it's best practice just to open it up, take out what you need, and dump it. Okay. Let me ask you this question: the the call the caller hung up. What about sex with your quarantine partner? If you're both quarantined together. If you're both quarantined together, you're already next to each other, right? Yeah. So, so, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't so matter. Business as usual. All right. There you go. All right. We'll leave. We'll leave it like that. We're we're in the we're in the daytime uh, family friendly zone. Okay. We'll leave it like that. So business as usual. Okay. Great. All right. Let's go to. Uh, let's go. Okay. I want I want to bring in Giovanni right now from La Familia Restaurant in Smithtown real quick, and then we're going to get back to the phone line. So so Jorge, uh, Pat, Tiffany, everybody else, hang on. Um, Giovanni, Dr. Man, you're going to love this. His restaurant, his amazing restaurant, La Familia in Smithtown. He's had kept his people working and out of his own pocket and his partner's pocket, they have been feeding hundreds and hundreds of people in the area, delivering amazing food to them. And then they did a big drive through where they had food for a family of four to six in one of their nice shopping bags that people could drive through for first responders, for teachers, hospital workers, and uh, just phenomenal job Incredible. out there. I was, Giovanni, thank you so much for being with us. You're kind of like our, our call of hope today. Hey, Lisa, how are you? All right, how are you doing? We're hanging in there, fighting oh. the fight. Well, what made you want to, you know, what made you guys want to go to such lengths at a time like this? Well, we had, a, we had, a, we had an internal meeting with uh, John, Sal, and Rosario and the whole family of La Familia, and uh, we decided that uh, we wanted to do something uh, to make a difference. Um, and during that meeting, we actually got a random phone call from a girl who was stuck in Boston at college. And uh, she couldn't get home, and her mom was released from St. Catherine's Hospital after having uh, a small procedure done on her heart and couldn't get home, and she, couldn't, she just wanted to get her mom some food. Um, so we said, uh, you know, we wanted to help her out. So we sent food to her mom, and the next day she ended up calling up, and, you know, she was finding her way home, and she wanted to make a donation to the restaurant. She couldn't believe what we did. But it wasn't about the donation. We just did it out of the box from the bottom of our heart. Um, and then through more conversations with everyone here at the restaurant, we decided that we wanted to do something to give back to the community. So the first time we did it, we sent food by delivery to all families in need and seniors in the community. Um, and the response was really positive. The outpouring of love from our community was, was incredible, um, you know, uh, from businesses, People, you know, everybody just wanted to kind of help, help us help others, um, you know, um, 
Scott and Mary Coppell, who are uh, great friends and customers of ours, really, you know, uh, help support us at all times. Yeah, they do so a lot for the community. Um, they do a shout out to them because they do a lot for the community with Street Soldiers, too. And the and the, our NYCHA developments and the special needs kids. So big shout out to them. But um, yeah, so, they're great. So you guys, so we you guys ended had up to doing drive- a, a makeshift. To- yeah, we made, we did a makeshift drive through in the parking lot. And basically, what we did was we set up a tent with tables. We didn't want anybody to have to get out of their cars. They just pull up, open up the trunk, and we gave them a half a tray of salad, a half a tray of pasta, and a half a tray of chicken. We put it in their trunk, closed the trunk, and put them on their way. Uh, and it's That's good amazing. because it's uh, you know. It's, yeah, we the first the first week we did it, we fed 736 families, and this past Wednesday, um, ironically, we fed um, 911 families. Wow! So um, nine one yeah, one uh, families—that's crazy. Yeah. What'd yeah. You have, so, uh, and you're going to keep doing uh, different things throughout this crisis. You know, as 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 much as we can, the family, the La Familia family, like I said, um, you know, with the help of the Babylon store and the Plainview store, we've all worked together. Um, we're doing what we can. We want to continue to give back. Um, you know, we hope we can do as much as we can. Um, it, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, how, how deep, how deep we can go, you know, exactly. but so we're doing our best. I know you are Giovanni. Thank you so much for joining us and, uh, tell you, tell your whole crew, keep up the great work. We're real proud of you. That's, that's awesome. I know you made a lot of people very, happy. everyone here in the studio is looking at me like, okay, Lisa, we're starving right now, but, uh, guys, <laughs> well, I know we're doing well, bring our them, job. Bring them, bring them all, <laughs> bring them all down, Lisa. We'd love to see you again. Yeah. All right, Giovanni. Thank you so much. Take care. All right, All right, thank you. Thanks, bye. Okay, thank you. There's so many people doing incredible things. I always want to try to have like a little shout out on the show, especially at this time. You know, so many people are doing so many things to so many things to give back. And you know, seven o'clock every night, you got the uh, seven o'clock. You have every night. There's the horn honking and people, you know, yelling out the windows and and doing that type of thing. Firefighters have been going by the hospitals, giving big shout outs to people. And it's it's really a tough time. We really need to take this take this very very seriously. Dr. Manning, we've got a full deck of calls. Let's uh, let's get back to it, okay? Yeah, sure. All right, let's go to uh, Tiffany right now. Tiffany, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Tiffany, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hi, good morning, Lisa. How are you? Fine, thank you. How are you? Good. So basically, with all this going on, a million have been laid off, and they have to file for unemployment. But at this point, unemployment, the line is not even going through. That's how much people have been calling up. But what should we do about rent? Like, not all landlords are being considerate. Okay, so you can if you can't pay rent, there's a ninety there's a ninety day moratorium on on rent. So you cannot be evicted for ninety days. Uh, you know, for 90 days for not paying rent. So even if you can't get in touch with your, um, even if you can't get in touch with your landlord, the courts are closed anyway. So they're, they're, they can't take you to housing court because housing court is closed. And that's what's going to happen. You know, that, that's where it is right now. And in, ter- in terms of the unemployment, I would, if you can't get through on a phone line, I would try to try to do what you can do online and try to make claims online as well because the, I know the phone lines everywhere are ran. Let's go to Pat right now. Pat, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Uh, yes, hi. Uh, two things. One, I have a question. Um, the question was, I, w- I wasn't aware that if you get uh, the virus that you don't get symptoms immediately. Um, how does that work? And like, what symptoms should you be looking out for? All right. Great, great question. But that's not... Okay, Dr. Mandy, what about that? Because it's not everybody. Like some people, or is it everybody, you, get, you don't get symptoms immediately? 
Correct. So, so there's a difference. There's a, there's a difference here. So, when you say incubation period, it means that it takes a certain amount of time where that bacteria, the virus, could live in your body until you get infected, right? So you might or fight it off. Fight it off. Correct. So you might fight it off, or it, it could die away, right? So it's like a lifespan, right? right. You, could, you could live for 14 days if it's in you. So you could get sick on the first day. You could get sick on the second day. You have all the way to 14 days after you get in contact with the virus to get sick. Uh, with that being said, uh, the, the 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 question piece of that you could get in contact with the virus and not get sick or get symptoms. Yes, you could be a carrier of the virus. You could actually have it. You have a stronger immune system that you, you did not get infected with it, right? But you, you have it. Um, but the viral load is not at the point where your body got fever or you're able to fight it because you're healthier, whatever, for multiple reasons. Uh, and so because of that, you might not get symptoms and you could be a carrier to pass it on without necessarily ever being exposed to it. So that it's possible that many people amongst us that have been exposed since November, December, that have probably had coronavirus infection, that probably thought it was a regular cold, but now- A regular flu. A regular flu, flu, flu correct. Flu season. Correct, they recovered from it. Right. And so now the scientists actually looking at that and say, hey, let's find those people. If we could do the antibody testing, which is a new kind of test we talked about, right? If, if you could do a new test to find out antibodies, like, hey, this, maybe this person has been exposed in the past and they recovered. Can we use their, their plasma or their blood to actually help fight the infection for other people, right? So that's a new way science is looking at things um, to, to respond to this. All right, and then and then real quick in terms of symptoms. Correct. So like, when should people really get worried? Correct. So you get worried when you have fever. When you get any infection, the very first thing that happens is your body is trying to fight it, right? And so that's where fever comes in. So fever is actually a good response um, of you have a virus or a bacteria in your body trying to fight it. Fever goes, so your fever levels will rise. If you if you are able to kill the virus or a bacterial infection, what happens? Your temperature then drops back to normal. The problem is when you cannot control the virus and it keeps growing faster and faster beyond what your immune system can control, your fever keeps getting higher and higher, and that's a problem because you could get a seizure from that. So high fever over yes. 101 or what? Like what do you call it's a high fever? We see fever over 104, uh, typically in this patient population, right? So very high uh, fevers, um, right, in that level. Is the main thing. Is the main thing. Trouble so breathing. Trouble. Well, that's 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 later on, right? Later so you, on. Yeah. Okay. So first you have this high fever. You feel uh, tired and fatigued. Right? Which is you not you have uh, something that's very unique in this particular case that we talked about is the idea of people start losing taste and smell, right? Something okay. that's very consistent among patients with with coronavirus. You can't smell the Lysol. You can't smell the right. Correct. Even when you have your favorite food and you're cooking bacon and you can't smell or taste it, then that's a problem, right? So just typical things that you find around. If everyone around you could say, "Hey, I, I smell this," and you can't smell it, and you have fever, these are some of the things that we look at for that is particular, um, you know, in COVID nineteen. All right, great. This is Street Soldiers. We'll be right back. This is Hot 97 Street Soldiers, hosted by Lisa Evers. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm Lisa Evers, at Lisa Evers on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. With me in studio, um, our special guest co-host here, medical expert, Dr. Manny Fambu. He is a medical doctor, has an MD and MBA, best-selling author of The Future of Healthcare book and other books. He's also a medical futurist and advisor to uh, many people who are on the front lines of this coronavirus uh, pandemic. Dr. Manny, we have many, many phone calls. Let's try to give everybody uh, a, a shot here. Let's go to, uh, let's go to, um, Tona. Tona, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hello. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, we hear you. Go right ahead with your caller, your question. Okay. I'm a correction officer and several of my coworkers have already tested positive. Um, some of the inmates are starting to test positive. And what they're doing is having us go home for the 14 days, treat, um, get well, which is understandable. 
but once you're better, quote, you're uh, to, you are to, to report back to work and you know back to duty, which I do understand. My question is, since they're recycling us this way, is it possible to get it twice? Once you had it and you know you recovered, can you get it again? Because we have to go right back in there where people are still coming up positive every day. Oh my gosh, Tony! Yeah, we talked about Rikers Island. We've been talking about Rikers Island and and, and what's going on there. Let me ask Doctor Manny and see what he has to say. And uh, thank you, thank you for what you're doing. And, and I pray for your safety and for for everybody there in the in the system. But no matter which side of the bars you're on, the um, what what does she take? Okay, so 14 days and then she's okay. Like when do you get the all clear and then you go back to work and you're exposed again? Could she get it again? Yes, interestingly, uh, new research actually came out last week um, that even after the 14 days, people that have recovered are still able to infect other people for up to eight days after that. Okay, so... Oh, boy. <laughs> correct. So, and the, and the point here is the more we know about a disease uh, and a virus, the more we learn about it, right? And so, this one just seems to be learning more and more bad things. Correct. And so, so because in a tip, like in China, we learn a lot more now. Where people say 14 days, okay, you're fine. Then you go back and then you find that, yes, you're, you're recovered, but you're still shedding the virus and still infecting other people. So after that. So, so what, the person is recovered and they can be back in circulation. So it's not even so much that they can get it again, but they're giving it to other people. But can they get it again? Or we don't know yet. That's another interesting piece where one side of science is saying that people that have been infected, uh, they, they have these antibodies, right? People that probably got exposed and didn't get sick or they got sick and they recovered. Now your body fought it. So can we use their blood or plasma to actually create a treatment of, or vaccine for this? But now, I mean, we don't know that, right? Because there are people that we've heard stories of people being infected twice, <laughs> right? Um, and so people are concerned about this. And so in, in this particular case where you're, you're a corrections worker or you're a healthcare worker, where you leave and everyone else is contained there. So you're away for 14 days, but you know it's spreading and you come back in that same environment. The environment did not change, right? You come are, you, are you concerned about the, uh, are you concerned about the younger and younger? Like we heard in Connecticut, they had a baby under one year old. Uh, that died from coronavirus. Are you are you concerned about you know that that there's the age, you know the age uh, range is dropping of people who are getting you know people who are getting infected. Are you concerned about that it's more and more you know y younger people and people in in midlife or whatever that are getting getting infected? Yeah, correct. Because no one is immune to this, right? Initially, uh, they thought correct. So yes. Initially, the idea was when we had more people that were most had more severe disease and they were showing up. Yes, it was the elderly because maybe they had weaker systems that probably got sick on the first day or two of infection. Right. Maybe the younger people now actually carry the virus much longer before they got sick, right? So, oh, because their their system immune system is stronger. So basically, Correct. but there is if you do even if you do, I mean, got to give people some hope. Got to give me some hope. If even if you do catch the coronavirus, even if you do are are exposed to it, if you have a healthy immune system, you will be able to fight it off and survive. Correct. We have fifty six thousand cases uh, in, in New York City uh, that people are tested positive, uh, right? In New York City, we don't have fifty six thousand deaths, right? People right. people do survive. People do make it, um, right? The famous people that you know, Idris Elba, for example, right? right? Had coronavirus. He's not dead. He's fine, right? I mean, so you have to stay home, manage it, and you'll be fine. Okay, let's go to Jenny right now. She's been hanging out for a long time. Jenny, hi. How it's you're on Hot ninety seven. How are you? Hi, how are you, Lisa? Thank you for taking my call. Fine, thank you. Thanks for calling in. What can we, um, what can we help you with? Okay, so I take the generic for Plaquenil hydroxychloroquine. Um, I'm very nervous and scared because it's kind of been a journey to find a pharmacy that had it in stock. Um, 
So I just kind of wanted to voice that. Uh, so I'm guessing hydroxychloroquine is in high demand. So that's what's causing it to not be so available. Um, I have an immunodeficiency disease. I have lupus. So I need to take this every day. Um, I mean, is it going to get better or am I going to be? Because like for right now, I have enough for a month. But what's going to happen next month? So, you know, that just makes me a little nervous. All right, Jenny. Um, Jenny, I hope you stay healthy. And, and let's see what Dr. Manny has to say about that. Dr. Manny, what about that? Yes, so the caller is correct. Uh, this drug has been is being used by patients with lupus. When she started talking, I, I just I was whispering to lupus to you, <laughs> right? Uh, yes, so and that's been a big challenge now because this clinical research still being done, right? So there's no indication that says that hey, if you have coronavirus, this drug cures coronavirus, right? But because of the president making his announcement publicly, that everyone knows the name of the drug, so everyone is going to get the drug. There are people, but remember, this drug has uh, side effects. Um, you could have cardiac arrhythmias uh, once you take this drug. Which you definitely don't want to have right now. C- correct, right? And, and so, definitely don't, especially in this world today where we know that if you cannot breathe for 20 minutes, you're done. Right, <laughs> right? exactly. So, There's no so, resuscitation. Uh, correct. And the second piece is this drug it can only be taken through prescription. So doctors can control it, right? So the right patients that have the like, glucose that actually need to be on the, t- on the drug will get the prescription, right? So, so your doctor controls it. So you can't just walk into a pharmacy and just buy it. Right, so you need a prescription to get it. So that so that is uh, also interesting. The shortage piece will come around because a lot of research is being done right now using that same drug. Okay, but but let me just cut, cut you off right there. What because we're up against the clock right now. What can she? What should she do? Like, can what 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 should she do? Ask her doctor if she can get an extra script. She she can't physically find it. I think she's she, worried about that. I think she'll be okay. Uh, I think manufacturing is uh, the, the companies that produce drugs uh, is generic right now. Are producing it to make sure that patients do have access to the drug, not to panic. All right, don't panic, Jenny. That, that's the uh, that's that's the good news right here. Okay, um, let's go. Oh, here's a good question, Ralph. Thank you for uh, thank you for calling. What's your question? Your your comment or question? Yes. Um, hey, how's it going, guys? Um, hey, Ralph. So you're asking about about masks? Yes. Like how long of usage we have, you know, with a with a mask on it, like like how, how long? long? Do you think? Okay, let me ask. Okay, we're hearing the radio bleed through in the background, but let me ask Doctor Manny a question. Ralph is asking with a mask. Excellent question. How long? Can you wear it? How long can you use it? Can you have the same mask that you wear every single day? If it's a you know, if it's a uh, a bandana or it's a scarf or whatever, obviously you can just wash that in the sink and hang that up to dry in your home. But w- what about the masks? I will um, wear a mask and uh, so it, it depends on what kind of mask you have on, right? And is it is it a cloth mask like my mask here, like my mask? So I have a mask uh, here with me and uh, this mask, uh, as you can see, I mean, initially it was white. Now it looks kind of like light brownish, kind of. So, is, so the, the more I wear this mask, I need to get rid of it, right? Because it's safer for me now if I put it on different surfaces and I touch different things with it. The outside layer might actually be carrying coronavirus, <laughs> right? So you might actually get infected down the road. So the idea, the ideal situation is you want to use the mask and dispose of it. If it's a disposable one, if it's a cloth one where you can wash, you probably want to wash it daily, right? I mean, the more you clean it up, the better um, you have in a long-term uh, place. Today... Because uh, uh, healthcare workers don't have the enough. shortage. Because of the shortage, you have uh, you know technology being developed that could actually sanitize uh, this face mask and other equipment. But the ideal situation is you should get rid of it um, as soon as it gets dirty, just like uh, you get rid of anything else. All right, let's go to uh, Kendall. Kendall, hi, you're on Hot ninety seven. Go right ahead. Hey, Kendall. 
Okay, I think we lost Kendall there. Let's go to uh, Ian right now. Ian, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hi, uh, I just heard you had mentioned earlier that there is no treatments for the flu. We do have a couple antiviral treatments. They help to reduce the severity and the length of the flu. I think that's just like one of the things that people are panicking right now. There's no actual treatments that we know are effective for COVID, but I just want to say like, we are researching that stuff. There are a lot of studies going on, and even among all the chaos, the hospital, they're, they're still able to do these studies, and I think that soon we're going to be having some good data on what's actually good to treat the virus. So I think just people need to try not to panic like the good doctor that's talking on there right now is saying. All righty. So all right, Ian, good point to give us a little, end, end the show with a little bit of hope there. Uh, doc, Dr. Manny, what, what about looking towards the future here? With the faster testing is, is on the way, but don't hold your breath. Yeah, correct. So, so, so there is treatment for every single thing, and then there's a cure of something, right? And, and even a cure is like 100% effective. So uh, and what I'm saying is not to make people panic. My point is people with the flu do not die from the flu. I mean, the people that would die from the flu, but if you have a flu, you show up in the hospital, yes, we can manage it, right? It's a treatment element, and we still do research to find out can we cure it, right? I'm, like chicken pox. I mean, I'm glad. Right. Hopefully one day no one gets chicken pox. That'd be fantastic, right? But what I'm saying, so in this case, we have COVID-19. It's a very new virus that, that is... Um, is around. There's a lot of research uh, uh, um, here. Most of my career was actually in drug development. I've developed drugs and designed studies. Um, I, I'm a researcher by background, and so I think uh, active research uh, is going to help us. But those products are not available today. How right. do how do we protect ourselves today, today to get back to normal? Right, right. as we sit. That's what everybody wants to know. Stay home, face mask, gloves, wash your hands. That's how we protect today. Okay, Besides stay today, home. Yes. That's it. Stay home, face mask. Uh, wear gloves and wash your physical wash your distancing. Hands. Physical distancing. I like that. Shout out to Dr. Samson Davis for that for that new term, Dr. Um, Dr. Davis. Physical dis- physical distancing. All right, and then in, and then in terms of the how long they're going to have to keep the lockdown going, what do you think about that? So uh, we don't know. Uh, that, that's a real answer. <laughs> I don't want that answer. The, the, the real answer we is, want to know it's going to be like. But but rest. But this will go on to at least June, July, right? So this is not a short term thing. So keep your mind. Don't 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 think next week you'll get up and everything will be fine, right? So if you get up last week Monday, we had you know the Navy ship in, in New York City is still spreading. So we don't expect this next week. Everything will be back to normal. So yeah. So it could be a while. It will be a while. It will be a while because right. they say uh, they say we're moving into the. We haven't even hit the top of the curve yet. No, we haven't. It's going to get worse um, by next week. Oh so stay gosh. safe and stay home. That's the key. Part. Stay home and keep right. and, and keep in mind. Just for, to anybody that asks you, we have about twelve people an hour dying in New York City, and when you do pass away now, they cannot. You, you you can't even be with your loved one as they're, you know, breathing their last moments. You can't have funerals in a lot of places, and it's just it's, it's very very sad. They can't even they can't even pick up the bodies and and do justice and honor the 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 person's body the way that they were able to. So we want to thank everybody for joining us for this special episode of Street Soldiers. We'll be back with you tomorrow morning, um, bright and early at seven a.m. Uh, so I hope you'll join us then for Street Soldiers. And also I want to say a big big shout out to the whole tre- uh, Street Soldiers team. Here. 
here. We've got DJ Drewski doing double duty here on the boards, helping us uh, get on the air, which we appreciate. Drewski, thank you so much. Our producer, Anaya, and Marilyn on the phones. And also, big shout out to the Hot 97 executive team who really went above and beyond to try to make this possible for us uh, to do this special episode, and which clearly so many of you want because we've just been uh, blown, the phone lines have been blown out all day. Um, Pat Walsh, Pio Farrow, Pat Robinson, Mike Fox, Victor Giacomelli, everybody else here at Hot 97 who's been supporting us and helping us uh, get you the information and giving you a, a chance to express yourself, really. Um, thank you. So remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. It is a great weapon in this, too, because a lot of head games can happen when you're stuck inside. Uh, let's push for peace, health, and love. I'm Lisa Evers.